Seven false teachings of the Roman Catholic cult. So good to be back here, ladies and gentlemen. I thank God that he delivered me from uh, the system of Roman Catholicism. It's better known to you probably as the Roman Catholic Church. Call it the uh, Roman Catholic system. Uh, it has a lot of cultish teachings. You can call it a cult. Many people do call it a cult. And you will see here today, as I just go over, touch upon seven different teachings, uh, you will see there's a, a great contradiction between the teachings of the Roman Catholic system and the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I do this. As I say uh, many times, I'm speaking as a former Roman Catholic. I came out of the system. So I'm speaking this uh, once again as a warning because there's a lot of talk of unity uh, being propagated uh, by the Roman Catholic system, especially the modern day Pope Francis. Okay. Uh, and I speak to you today for that very reason. I'm telling you, do not join in unity if you're a Christian. And if you are a Roman Catholic, I'm obviously telling you to leave the system as quickly as you can. So let's dig into uh, the scriptures as we compare uh, the scripture, the word of God, to the teachings of Rome. Teaching number one, dealing with Mary and the saints as mediators. In the Roman Catholic system, uh, they have what's known as saints. They, they create their own saints. They're man-made saints, and ultimately the Pope has the final say. And there, uh, there's a certain criteria that they deem is necessary for a person to become a saint. So uh, this is nowhere to be found in the Word of God, folks. You know how a person becomes a saint? Uh, it's when they're truly saved, when they're truly born again of the Spirit. And you will see in the Scriptures, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you, you look at the teachings in, in the New Testament, the letters of Paul, how he addressed his fellow believers. He, he referred to them as saints. So saints are actually living people. Any believer can be uh, called a saint according to the scriptures. That's the God's honest truth. So in, in the Roman Catholic system, people, uh, one of their main uh, prayers is to Mary, the Hail Mary prayer. And that's what they have a set of beads called rosary beads. And you will pray your, your rosary. And, and it's a set of uh, five decades uh, most of those beads, by the way, are representative of a Hail Mary prayer. I, I pray thousands of them, ladies and gentlemen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, and is now and at the hour of our death. Amen. That's what's known as a Hail Mary, and that's what's said uh, very often. In fact, if you go to a uh, funeral, uh, a Catholic wake, you will hear the rosary being recited very often. They will bring a, a priest, a Roman Catholic priest in to lead in that prayer. You know, another prayer that's very well known within a Catholic system, prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Now, I, I'm bringing this up because, you know, many times when you speak to people, uh, they will say, oh, no, we don't really worship Mary. We don't really do this. So we don't. Well, I'm telling you that that's not true. Let me just give you a piece of this prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, a reference from the Catholic Catechism 972. O mother of perpetual help, behold at your feet a wretched sinner who turns to you and puts all trust in you. Mother of mercy, have pity on me. I hear those who call you the refuge and hope of sinners. Be then my refuge and my hope. 
Okay, so let me stop it there. So you see that they're putting their their hope in in Mother Mary, and and may I say from the outset, ladies and gentlemen, Satan is a grand deceiver. His 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 uh, object is to get you distracted from the person of Jesus Christ. So whether it be a prayer to Mary or the worship of Mary or the worship of what you would call a Roman Catholic saint, Saint Jude, Saint Joseph, Saint Anthony, uh, they have all sorts of saints for specific problems. Uh, This is all man-made tradition. This is what the Lord delivered me from. And that's what you need to know, folks, that, that Satan will seek to have you praying to people other than the Lord. Okay, so the Bible truth, folks, is very clear. Uh, I have it up on a screen for you. Jesus Christ is the only mediator. First Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He came down from heaven above, folks. He is the only one that is the official mediator. Remember that, folks, one. Don't ever forget that, one. If you're praying to anybody else, and that includes Mary and the saints, you're off. You're totally off. And and, and you've been ensnared by the devil himself. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. One. Only one, folks. You need to get your focus on Jesus Christ. He's enough. I got saved back in 1989, folks. I haven't prayed a Hail Mary since uh, that time. Hear me now. Jesus is enough. Listen to this, Romans 8 and 34, written by the Jewish apostle Paul. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Folks, The Lord Jesus Christ is interceding for the believers. That's good to know. He's all you need, ladies and gentlemen. Another teaching, uh, and a very diabolical teaching, is that the Roman Catholic Mass satisfies God's justice. That's what they teach. Uh, References, Catholic Catechism 94, items number 1367 and 1364. You can look that up for yourself. So that's one of the most diabolical teachings, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, if you look at the New St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism, I'll put it up on the screen for you. You can see it for yourself. That's where they teach that um, the Roman Catholic Mass actually satisfies the justice of God for sins committed against him. That's a soul damn indoctrine. I'll tell you why. The, the justice of God, ladies and gentlemen, was satisfied on the cross when Jesus Christ laid down his life. He said, it is finished. Folks, it's done with. Uh, I, I don't know how else to put it. If he said he, he paid it, folks, it, it's done. And it's amazing that the teaching of the Roman Catholic Mass, they, they have the unbiblical priesthood, uh, Roman Catholic priesthood, by the way, teaching that only that Roman Catholic priest can do that Mass the way it's done. And it's totally, totally incredible. And in fact, you know, many people have been fooled by the Roman Catholic charismatic movement. That's more of a uh, a movement. It's more like a Pentecostal type of church. You know, people raise their hands. They, 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 they sing the same songs you might find in a regular Christian church. 
But you see, they're still Roman Catholic. They still hold fast to the teachings such as this regarding the Roman Catholic Mass. In fact, if they didn't, they would not be a Roman Catholic anymore. They'd be excommunicated because, yeah, I'll get into that later. There are over 100 anathemas, 100 curses um, in Catholic teaching against uh, stuff like that. If you don't believe that, you're under a curse. So you cannot have it both ways. So that's where many people got deceived. I was in that Roman Catholic uh, charismatic uh, system myself for a, a couple of years. So I, I, I know what it's about, folks. I know the compromise that goes on within the uh, the modern day Christian church. And it's, it's, it's really incredible when you think about it. You know, there's a sneer, ladies and gentlemen, uh, upon Many, many people, uh, the Bible says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Uh, what, what do I mean by that? You know, many leaders within the uh, true church, they, they, they've been snared, okay? And uh, the word snare there is the word uh, mokesh in Hebrew. It's a noose for catching animals. And if you've ever seen... Uh, Perhaps on television you've seen it, you know, when it's a stray uh, animal or a raccoon and they have to take it away. You'll see them come very often with, with a, a noose and you'll see them try to get that noose. Uh, very difficult sometimes to get it around the neck of the animal. But once they do, they lift the animal up very uh, gingerly and, and, they, and they guide it into the truck and, and, and they put them in a cage. So, so. Uh, this word here, that's the snare, you know, many pastors, ministry leaders have that snare. They've been snared. There's a noose around their neck, a spiritual noose, and it's been put there by the devil. And, and, and the word of God is suffocated. It's smothered so that the truth that the people need to hear is not being spoken. That's just the way the devil works. He's been doing that for uh, thousands of years and, and deceiving people, folks. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm amazed. I was saved. I'm amazed to this day that I've been born again, that the, that the Lord opened my eyes by the spirit of the living God, folks. And that's why uh, I speak out. <laughs> I'm here to tell you this, folks, so so that you become aware of these things and what is going on. The good news, folks, the Bible truth, Jesus Christ paid it once and for all. As I said before, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That's what the Lord spoke before he perished, I mean, died on the cross, okay? That's what happened. His, his last breath, here he is saying, it is finished. It's done, folks. He paid the price. He did what he came to do. He was sent from heaven above. It was the love of God that kept him up there, folks. That death was for us, a Roman Catholic, that death was for you. You don't have to go to a, uh, a Roman Catholic mass to have uh, these things repeated over and over. The good news is that he paid it once and for all. Listen to the Apostle Paul, what he said in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, perhaps. For a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Folks, I'm going to just stop here a little. Those words, think about this now. Christ died 
for the ungodly. Now, when you think of the word ungodly, you know, many times people think, you know, well, that's, that's for murderers, that's for rapists, that's for this, that's for really bad people. But, but you, you, you got to understand, folks, when God uh, thinks of ungodly, the, the whole world, the whole world lieth in wickedness, folks. There are none righteous. Romans 3.10, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, many people fall into the trap. They hope that someday uh, when they die, they, they, they hope they'll get to heaven. They, 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 they hope, you know, they, they might say, I'll do the best that I can. They have this mental uh, picture in their mind, perhaps, of uh, the uh, scales of justice that you see sometimes uh, outside a courthouse. You'll see they have uh, an image of that. Uh, and they hope that their, their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds and maybe they'll make it in. Folks, if that's the way you think, that's not good. You, you won't make it in. Trust me, uh, nobody will that way because it, it defeats the very purpose of the cross. The good news, folks, is that Christ died for the ungodly. And, and when you come to that place, you, you, you agree with the word of God and say, yeah, I am ungodly. There is nothing that you can do. There's no amount of good works that you can do to earn yourself Salvation cannot be earned. Salvation cannot be bought, folks. It was paid for on the cross. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nobody's in heaven today boasting that they got there because they were Mr. or Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes. Ain't gonna happen, folks. Never happened, never will happen. It's just the cross. So, so Christ died for the ungodly. What does it say here? It says, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now don't miss this. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hear me now. There's not a man or woman, folks, that's going to heaven any other way but through Christ, and it's because of what he did. The only thing that will justify you, hear me now, is the blood that he shed on the cross. I don't care if you're poor or rich, whether you're a drunk or whether you're working up at Wall Street in New York City, doesn't matter. You, you are coming in this way and no other way. That's a choice you make. It's, it's, it's Jesus or nothing. That, that, that's powerful, folks, but that's the truth. If you want to get saved, if you truly want to go to heaven, here it is, folks. Don't ever forget that. The man who wrote that, by the way, was the Apostle Paul, formerly named Saul. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was a tyrant. He hated Christians. And he consented unto the death of Christians. He was a murderer. But then God saved him. So, so if you've murdered somebody, folks, there's still hope for you. If you turn to the Lord, repent and believe the gospel. First Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins the just, for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. What does it say? Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Don't, don't ever forget that, folks. It doesn't have to be repeated over and over with daily mass and Sunday mass by a Roman Catholic priest. You see, that, that's just showing that they, don't, that they don't have the truth, that they don't know the Lord, folks. They need to get saved themselves. I'll be perfectly frank with you. So Christ did it once, folks. He paid the price, the just for the unjust. 
Every man and woman without Christ is unjust. That's me before I came to know the Lord. I was dead in my sins. God sees us as lost. That's why he came into the world, folks, to save lost sinners. Let's look at number three. Transubstantiation teaches that the Catholic priest can change the bread and wine into Jesus Christ. References from the 94 Catechism, 1376, 1333, and 1377. So actually, this is still part of the of the Mass, and they teach that, they, that that priest can transform the bread and wine into the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. Folks, that, 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 by the way, if you don't believe that, there's a curse upon you. That's one of those hundred curses, over a hundred curses that I told you about. So there's a curse upon me. I don't believe it. The Lord saved me. <laughs> he saved me out of the Roman Catholic system. So whatever curses they have to go, throw at me, I'm sure I'm under every one of them because I'm not a Roman Catholic anymore. I, I've been saved. I've been born again of the Spirit. But a serious business that we're dealing with here, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they believe, they teach that when the priest does transubstantiation, you know, this the host is a consecrated host. I was an altar boy. And, and they teach that that becomes Jesus Christ himself. That's what they teach, folks. I'm not making this up. That is their teaching. In fact, if you go back to the time when people were being martyred by, some people say the millions, and I, and I believe that, uh, when when the Church of Rome, they would torture people who disagreed with that. There were there were people who got saved, like myself, and they disagreed with this teaching on uh, the mass and transubstantiation. And and they would get these people, they would arrest them, and then they would put them before their little uh, uh, tribunals, I guess is what you would call them, and they would interrogate these people and try to get them to recant. And once they would see that they weren't. They'd be torturing them in the, in the most inhumane manner that you would ever imagine. Do some research on your own. Most of it is smothered to this day. Start reading some books like uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs and um, Martyrs Mirror. Most of the stuff you can find online for free. I encourage you to do it because this is reality. This is reality. And why do I tell you this? Because the teachings of Rome have never changed. They're still the same today. So the, the same system that tortured and killed these people, burnt them at the stake, still teaches the very same things today. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I'm telling you the truth today, folks. And um, that's why I'm telling you for a reason, because they're not going to be telling you this, okay? So um, that's the teaching. And you know, very often what they do, you know, it's called a consecrated host. After the mass, they'll take that host. And they will put it sometimes in a, in a what's known as a monstrance. It's a sunburst. I'll try to get some images up there on the screen for you. And they, very often they'll carry it in a procession uh, in the streets and sometimes within the church. I've, I've seen it done within the church. I've never gone outside to do it, but I've seen it. You know, it's done. You can you can go online, you'll see pictures. You'll see a procession, a priest holding a monstrance. In the middle is, is a host. That's the, that's the bread. They believe that's Jesus Christ. And, and very often, especially during the Middle Ages, if that was done, if people were walking by, everybody would get down on their knees as that procession was coming through. That's what they teach, folks. And, and I'm telling you today, folks, that's diabolical. The Lord set me free from that. 
He, that is not that host is not Jesus Christ, and that is one of the central things. When the people uh, who are martyred, you know, if you look at people like John Huss, John Wycliffe, and and William Tyndale, these people stood for the truth, fighting against those false teachings, and it cost them their very life. So uh, we're dealing with some very serious stuff here, folks. And and, and as I said, you know, the Council of Trent had over one. 100 anathemas, 100 curses instituted by the Church of Rome. And many people think, well, that's just something from old days, the Middle Ages. No, sir. No, ma'am. Those 100 curses, everything that was done at the Council of Trent was upheld by the Council of Vatican II. That's right. It's still on the books, folks. And, you know, uh, recently there was a podcast done by uh, the Cardinal... Uh, Dolan in New York City, you know, regarding the Council of uh, uh, Trent, and he bragged about, he was bragging about how wonderful the Council of Trent was. So, and incredible, folks, you have Protestant evangelical pastors will invite this man into their church. So we're in incredible times, folks, incredible times. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's going on everywhere, and that's why I bring this truth. So the Bible truth, ladies and gentlemen, Salvation comes through faith. It's not by eating a uh, Catholic wafer, the Eucharist, the communion, whatever it might be called. In fact, you can look at uh, John six thirty-two to 35, where Jesus said that he was the bread of God. The bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. It's coming to a person, and it's coming to the person of Jesus Christ by faith. It's that simple. So it's not by eating uh, the communion Eucharist. That's what I was taught. You know, that's you'd go in, you'd go, and you'd re- receive communion. That's what it's called. You're receiving communion. You would go up, and, and the priest will give you uh, the the communion host. In fact, in the old days, it was done. You didn't have the choice, as far as I remember. You just you know received it on your tongue, and now you can take it, receive it in your hands, and or you can have the priest insert it into your mouth. So, uh, and as he's saying that, he would say the body of Christ. You see, that's what he's doing. The body of Christ. This goes on every day throughout the world, folks. So. Uh, if you look at the scripture, John six forty, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's good news, folks. You can be saved. You can, you can have everlasting life. In fact, folks, hear, hear me now. Before I'm done talking here, you, you could receive everlasting life. And, and I encourage you, call upon the Lord, folks. It's, it's between you and him. Man, woman, young, old, I encourage you to do that. Whoever you are, that's the good news. That's why it's it's called good news, folks. You call upon the Lord. You know deep in your heart you, you, that something's wrong. You know you're a sinner, folks. And, and but the good news is that Christ came to save you, folks. He will he will wash away uh, all your sins. That's what the blood of Jesus. Uh, is all about, folks. That's why I love singing the blood songs. You know, people might think you're crazy. What is all this stuff about the blood? About the blood, you know? I remember I had a, I was a new Christian. I had a, 
a jacket made up with scripture on the back and and in fact, the lady who did very good work, you know, the, I forget what you call that type of stitch and did an excellent job. And I was sharing with her, she was Jewish. And um, I was trying to explain to her, you know, the, the connection between the Passover, the blood, and, um, you know, how it's all tied in with Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I was approaching it from that angle. And, and you know what she did? She yelled at me. She screamed at me, actually. And she said, what is God, some kind of a butcher or something? I, my heart wept inside. I still love her, you, you see. But, but you know, I was just bringing a connection with the sacrificial system of the Old Testament and how it's connected to Jesus Christ and the purpose of the cross and how those sacrifices pointed to Jesus. And, and, and she didn't quite understand it. I was gentle uh, as a dove with her. But, you know, folks, that's, you know, I'm so glad I shared with her. In fact, I think her her children are all named after, uh, she told me, uh, like Matthew, uh, I think Mark, uh, Luke. I was intrigued, but uh, I know that God sometimes will use certain people, you know, but God's the one that gives the increase and wherever she is, you know, praise God. I hope I hope it, it kicks in and she gets saved. So, um, yes, I do believe that Jewish people need Jesus Christ as much as anybody Else. So now let's go to the uh, the fourth teaching in purgatory, uh, where there's an intermediate intermediate state between heaven and hell, folks. Uh, references ninety four Catechism ten thirty ten thirty one and nine fifty four diabolical teaching. What do, what do I have to say about the teaching of purgatory, folks? Wicked, wicked, wicked. You know, during the time of uh, Martin Luther. You know, there was a man by the name of John Tetzel who used to go through the towns, at, I believe, in Germany. And uh, th this is how they, they, they got their money. This is the truth. They'd be selling indulgences, and this guy would be walking through the streets uh, with a chest. Obviously, he had a team of people, I guess, with him. And um, there was a saying that was written on the chest, something like, uh, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Now... What do you mean by that? You know what would ha what was happening, folks? These people, as this man was coming through town, they were concerned for their relatives who they believed were in purgatory. And this uh, this con artist, uh, John Tetzel, uh, people be throwing their money, their hard-earned money into the chest, hoping to get their relatives out of this place called purgatory. Folks, hear me today. From the bottom of my heart, I speak the truth before Almighty God right now. There is no purgatory. The teaching of purgatory is one of the most satanic, demonic teachings in the world. Right from the very pit of hell. I'll say it again. There is no such place as purgatory. You say, well, you know, that, that's the old time. No, that teaching, folks, to this day, people still will have Catholic masses said for their loved ones, relatives, friends. They'll, they'll go and make a donation, a payoff, uh, to have a mass card, okay? And, and when I was growing up, I'm talking the early 60s, I remember the price. You can get a mass card for a buck, a dollar, or you can 
I could have got a nicer one, uh, a nice cover. It was probably uh, vinyl, but nice cover. Had a big, nice, holy-looking, colorful picture. That was five bucks. That was then. I can't even imagine what they are now. So people will get those well-meaning people. If you go to a Catholic wake, you walk inside the funeral parlor, you'll see what's known uh, as a mass card stand, and people bring them in or bring it up to the the wife or husband or whoever, friend, and say, here, and they will take that, uh, it's usually in a, a, a white envelope, and they'll stick it in that stand, okay? And, and so, supposedly, masses will be said for the deceased, because they believe that person's in purgatory. And, and you know, to this day, folks, there, there are people who are still praying for popes who died decades ago. That's, that's the truth. So, so this teaching that, that, that there's a place called purgatory, let me say something. It's an insult to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I say these teachings are cultish. It's an insult because Jesus Christ paid the price in full. He didn't do a partial payment. He didn't say you have to go suffer in purgatory. And that's the teaching, folks, that there's, there's, that there's some stain of sin got to be purified uh, in this place called purgatory. Hear me. Take it from me, folks. Former Roman Catholic, the place don't exist. So... I'd love to see that teaching shut down. In fact, I'd like to see the whole church shut down because uh, they need to repent. They need to get saved. It's a false teaching. St. Peter's Basilica over there in Rome, folks, was built with the funds that were raised. That's the God's honest truth, folks. Raised through through the selling of indulgences. And, and you would not believe, folks, what went on during that time. Once again, I say this, this is stuff that's smothered. Uh, I encourage you to research it on your own. So it's an insult, the teaching of purgatory. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible truth, there's a heaven, there's a hell, but there's no purgatory. No purgatory. Listen to what Jesus said, folks. This is after he rose from the dead. Think about this. He was butchered on a cross in a horrific manner, blood pouring out of the Lord's body. Dead, D-E-A-D, dead. And he gets up from the dead. Glory to God. And he's preaching. He's preaching the same way that he preached before he was killed. It's like he didn't miss a beat. That's beautiful. So, so, So here he is talking to his disciples and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Look at that, folks. The believers saved. Don't ever, that's a beautiful word, isn't it? Saved. The unbelievers damned. Oh, yes. Listen to this. This was before he was killed. This is what Jesus said. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Do you see that, folks? Do you see why salvation's found only in Jesus Christ? Because he came down from heaven. He's the only person who had no sin. Emmanuel, God in the flesh. He partook of our human nature, folks. That's beautiful because of his love for us. And, and he makes it clear. He says, you're condemned already. If you, if you decide to, to, to shove the gospel to the side and say, I don't want this stuff, well, that's your choice, but I'm here to tell you. 
You're condemned already according to the word of God. Listen to, to what the apostle John wrote, John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Do you know, folks, as you're listening here, that the wrath of God abides upon you right now, as I'm talking to you. If you've never been saved, never been regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost, you've never been born again. In fact, it's a beautiful thing that you're that you're hearing this because you have a chance now. You can call upon the Lord and say, "Lord, save me." The wrath of God's upon upon you right now. You know, it was upon me until I turned to the Lord. I don't even know it. I'm hanging by a thread over hell, folks. And and and, and the Lord showed me mercy. Uh, I, I won't go deep into my testimony, but folks, I, I, I was searching for the truth for a long time. I used to go out to a shopping mall uh, out on Long Island in New York, and, and I used to just be looking for, for books, and I would spend a long time out there just poring over the books in the bookshelves and uh, for years. And then, then I came to know the Lord. I realized the truth is right there in the Bible. Another scripture you can look up is found in Revelation 20, 11 to 15. Read the, I won't read the whole thing, but it says here, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's either the book of life, ladies and gentlemen, or the lake of fire. Which will it be for you? Is your name in the book of life? Have you ever been born again? Do you know that Jesus paid the price for your sins? Don't put it off, folks. The mercy of God is available for you today. Okay, teaching number five, worship of statues, idols. Catholic Catechism 94, item number 1192. You can look in there. Uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church is filled with idols, folks, statues. And people. here's another thing that people just... Are, are so blasé about ah, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, <laughs> you know. When you when you mess with the word of God, folks, it's a very big deal, and um, you know many people are totally unaware that in the Roman Catholic system, in the Catechism, they removed the, the real Second Commandment, which is found in Exodus twenty, verses four through six. I'll read that in a couple of moments. They they, they it's incredible what they did, and if you look in the, the um, Catholic Catechism, the New St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism, I'll put that on the screen. This is what I grew up with. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's not the second commandment. I never knew the second commandment. They yanked it out, folks. Can you believe this? And, and what, you say, wait a second. They, they took out, you, you're telling me they took the, the second commandment out, that would leave nine. That's true. You're right. So what they did, they took the 10th commandment, which is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, dealing with the subject of covetousness. They chopped it in two to make two commandments, the ninth and the 10th. Can you believe this? Folks, hear me now. That is wicked, wicked, wicked. When you mess with the very Ten Commandments that were given by Almighty God at the time to Moses. I mean, you, you, you're messing with God. I mean, are you still thinking that they're on the level in, in the Roman Catholic system, folks? Hear me now. It's time for you 
to take heed to what the word of God says. Look at Exodus twenty seventeen: Thou shalt not take thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And that's what they did. They made number nine, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. So, so they removed the one dealing with graven images. Why? Folks, the, the whole Catholic Church is filled with statues. The trinkets of Rome that you, that you can buy in uh, religious stores, you can buy them online. We're talking probably billions of dollars over the centuries, folks. An incredible amount of money selling trinkets, statues, beads, medals, you name it. Are you starting to understand, folks? When you, when you mess with the Word of God, when you add to the Word of God, when you take man-made tradition, you're in big trouble. And that's what they did. Uh, unbelievable stuff, folks. Here's the real second commandment. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now, can you imagine that Rome took that out of the catechism? Here I am as a, a young kid. I, 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 I never heard it. Never heard that. I'm just reciting, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. This, this, never heard it. Until later, many years later. You could also see uh, Psalm 115, verses 2 to 8. Read it for yourself. It talks about the idols and how they have ears, but they can't hear. Noses, they can't smell. Mouth, they can't, they can't talk. They, they cannot walk. All of this, uh, it, it, it's speaking against idolatry, folks. And as, and as I said, the, the Roman Catholic system is is infested with idols and uh, poor, poor, precious souls that, you know, they're not going to be hearing uh, this stuff, folks, you know, not to mention like stuff like candles, you know, what comes to mind. I remember many years ago, right before I got saved, I went into a church, a uh, Catholic church. And uh, when I was growing up, it used to, you would light a candle. It'd be a, a long uh, wooden stick, and, and you would stick it and, and, and grab uh, fire from one of the other candles, and you'd light a candle. I think um, <laughs> a long time ago, Lord have mercy. I think the uh, small one was a dime, uh, and the other ones might have been a quarter or whatever. Uh, then it went up to a dollar. There was a, a, a larger white one. But anyway... Uh, years later, you know, I guess because, you know, they, they were worried about starting a fire, uh, they, they become electronic and you put a coin in there. So I remember one day, you know, I walked into a church and I w w walked up to where these the two sections of candles were and they had a place where you could nail down and I flipped a quarter into the, um, into the machine, you know, the, uh, the candle stand and it's those candles that flicker, but it's a fake light. Okay. So it's flickering. And, and there was tons of other candles that were, uh, that were lit. I took my quarter and put it in there. You know what happened? All the other candles went out. There was no, nothing was lit. 
I nearly had a heart attack. I mean, I, I, I had this mental picture of people falling off clouds into hell. That's what I was thinking. I'm telling you the truth. So this really happened, folks. But but you see, you know, think of all the quarters that are going into that uh, that machine. People are praying. That's idolatry, folks. Flipping a so a little candle. You see what I'm saying? And I and I did all of these things, folks. But the Lord set me free. Uh, from that. You, you don't have to light a candle. Go straight to the Lord, folks. Uh, I know many people are well-meaning. I'm sure I was. You know, I, I thought I was doing the right thing, you know. Here's a quarter, there's a quarter. And I, I was as lost as, I, as could be. I was dead in my sins, as I said, hanging by a thread over hell. Over hell, folks. Teaching number six, the Pope Vicar or Vicar of Christ on earth and interpreter of scripture, another uh, demonic or diabolical teaching of the Church of Rome. As I said, they they put it into his hands. He's the leader, the pontiff, okay? You've seen this man travel all over the world in in previous popes too. Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope Benedict, I believe was 16, uh, travel all pope mobiles all over the place. My, oh my, a demonic teaching, ladies and gentlemen. In my day, I remember when uh, Pope Paul the VI uh, came to town in, in, in the Catholic grammar school I was going to, went over to Kennedy Airport early in the morning to wait for him. And here we are just waiting. I was in the front, waiting and waiting. And then, then finally, the, uh, the limo with the bubble back uh, glass comes riding by. And, and, and I saw the Pope clear shot of the Pope, but and then the next thing I see is the beanie on his head. He's gone. <laughs> You're talking a couple of seconds. This is idolatry, folks. One man, and when you think about it, how 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 the the Pope carries the title, His Holiness, Holy Father, folks. Jesus said, "Call no man your father upon the earth, for on the earth for one is your Father, which is in heaven, folks." There's only one Holy Father. For this man to be carrying that title, oh, Lord, have mercy. Can somebody get attracted into his hand? He needs to repent. He needs to get saved. Lord, have mercy. So, you know, the idolatry. And recently, the, the, the um, Pope Francis came to the U.S., I think it was last September, made a trip to, to Cuba, made a trip to uh, Mexico to, to pray before the image of our, our Lady of Guadalupe. Now think of the millions of dollars that are spent on this man traveling all over the place. Think of the millions of dollars in police overtime, the security that that, that is uh, paid for uh, as this man is, is traveling all over the world. He went to Mexico, folks. Now I want you to hear something. One of the towns he visited was Chiapas, Mexico. Here he is riding around in his boatmobile being adored by... Millions. And yet in Chiapas, Mexico, folks, true, born-again, Bible-believing Christians who refused to convert to the Roman Catholic Church, listen to this, they had their property confiscated, their land confiscated, their possessions confiscated, and many of them were tossed into jail. That's unbelievable. That's modern-day Mexico. God's honest truth. You say, you, you got to ask yourself, how could this be happening in this day? 
As far as I know, to this very day, folks, that Pope Francis has not uttered one word about that. We're living in, we're living in the last days, folks. I hope you know that. We're, we're, we're living in a time when you see this call for unity. And that's, you know, this call for unity by, the, by Pope Francis, folks, when, when he's talking about unity, he's talking about unity with himself as the head honcho. Don't ever forget that. And many people that preach in churches, you know, ministers, Say nothing. Been going on for decades. Say nothing. You know, I always bring up Billy Graham and 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 and, and rightly so. Uh, this man's been compromising with Rome since the 1950s, folks. In fact, there was a a, a a book that was called Haley's Bible Handbook. It's still out today. And in the back of that handbook was an entire section on the wickedness of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, what happened, the crusade edition for that book, Billy Graham's Crusade, he removed that whole section on the wickedness of Rome. Can you believe that? You know, I heard this and I wanted to make sure for myself, I got a copy of it just to, just to see if it was so, and it was. Because I have several copies of that, uh, of that book and sure enough, it's missing. It's missing. And, 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 and Billy Graham's been working for Rome for decades. In fact, Franklin, they, they work hand in hand with Rome. You'll see priests up, up on a stage. Uh, I think in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, there's a priest up on a stage. This has been going on for years, folks. And, you know, many people don't realize that, um, you know, when, when people come forward at, 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 at the Graham rally, they, they fill out a decision card. And if it's a Roman Catholic, that, that person's going to be sent back to the Catholic Church. If it's a Jewish man, they're going back to the Jewish synagogue. It's God's honest truth. You know, in fact, I'll be honest with you. I worked at a Grand Crusade. This was before I really had the light. But I was warned by a Baptist a pastor. <laughs> but, you know, we, we were trying to, we were being seduced. But, you know, what happened, Kathy, my wife, we trained for several weeks at a church in Long Island City, Queens, but, but, you know, somebody raised their hand, Kathy went over there, and the lady wrote down the Catholic Church. I believe the Lord allowed that to happen, by the way. And we, we were horrified. We said, that's it. That's it. No, none, no more of this stuff for us, you know. And that's when we really dug in to do research, and, and, and it blew my mind when I saw what was going on. And, and you see, this stuff has been going on for so long, folks. So long. And, and, and people say nothing. Or they just turn away. They make believe they're not hearing it. Folks, there, there, there's a price to be paid. And it will be paid. You're going to see. I believe very shortly when this whole thing really manifests, it, it's, it's going to be bad, folks. So, so that's why I am warning uh, you, folks. You know, the Roman Catholic Church, they put their uh, man-made tradition and their magisterium, which is their teaching office, along with the scriptures on an equal level. And they say all three of them are needed. They... None of them could stand alone, as opposed to the to the Christian who says, "I got the Word of God, I got the Lord." Okay, the Spirit of God set me free, and and you dig into the Word of God, and I and I can say the truth set me free. So I don't need a, a Roman Catholic magisterium, especially a, a, a system who had the audacity to remove. Can you think think about this? The, the second command from the Catechism, 
That's that's what that system's about. So they control people. People are in bondage, spiritual bondage, spiritual change. They're dead in their sins and they're on, they're walking and marching to hell without even knowing it. And that's why I speak the way I do. They teach that you need the interpretation of the Pope. I'm here to tell you today, you do not need the interpretation of the Pope. You need the Holy Ghost. That's what you need. So, you know, many, I thank God for the many martyrs who stood up, the William Tyndales, the John Husses, folks, and many, many others, men and women, John Wycliffe. These people wanted to put the Word of God into the hands of the common people. And that's, you know, each time you pick up your Bible, if you're a Christian, don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. The lives, the people who are burnt at the stake so that people like you and me might have a Bible today. That's the God's honest truth. So remember that, folks. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Luke 6, 26. 2 Peter 2.1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. As I said, you need the Holy Spirit. The Bible truth, folks, the Holy Spirit is our teacher and Guide, hallelujah. John 14 and 26, listen to what Jesus said. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Comforter, think about that, the Comforter. The Lord wants to send you, listener, the Comforter. Call upon the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want the comforter. I want to get saved. He will send you the comforter. It's the Holy Ghost, folks. It's not a force. It's a person. The comforter. We all need the comforter. John 16 and 13. Jesus is talking once again. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. The good news, folks, not only is the Holy Spirit the comforter, he's the spirit of truth. And Jesus promised you, no matter who you are listening, man or woman, young or old, I don't care. Today will save you if you want to be saved. The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Glory to God. That's some good News, folks, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I like that part. It says that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Folks, that's what I'm sharing with you today. The things that are freely given to you. Salvation's a gift. It's available to you today, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. That's what's freely given to us. Glory to God. What, what, a, what a great verse that is. Freely given to us of God. And it's the spirit of God who will show you those things. Glory to God, Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, 
whether those things were so. You know what happened, folks? People in, in this town called Berea, they would hear preaching and they wanted to make sure that whatever the preacher was preaching was found in the scriptures. And that's what I encourage you to do. That's why I'm giving you the scriptures here. Dig into the word of God for yourself. And you've got to be convinced yourself. You see, I, I, I can't be your savior. There's only one savior. His name is Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you today, he will meet you wherever you are. There is no valley too deep that he cannot find you. No mountain too high enough that he will not climb to to find you folks. He's as close as the mention of his name. That's good news, folks. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that word, saved. Folks, we're living in amazing times, perilous times. You see what's going on in the world? Insanity times. Insanity, folks. And now's the time, you know, if you're listening to this broadcast. In fact, I encourage you, pass it on to others if you could. Uh, for the sake of their own souls. The good news, you can be saved. You say, well, I've never been to church. You know, uh, I don't, you know, I've actually heard people talk this way. Well, I haven't been going to church. I don't want to be a hypocrite and just say, God save me. I don't want to ask, you know, I don't pray for little things. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a hypocrite and do that. No, 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 no. Come on. Let's get real here. Uh, here's what you do. You say, Lord, uh, uh, do I need you? Lord, I, uh, I'm a sinner. I want to get saved. It's, you know, you know what goes on in your heart. You, you, you know what's really going on down there. Folks, hear me now. You, you, you can fake people out, but you can't fake God out. Don't ever forget that. You can fake people out to the left, to the right, at work, even in your own family. You cannot fake God out. He already knows everything about you anyway, but yet he's merciful. Yet he's offering you salvation. That's the deal. That's the real deal. You see? You're hearing it, you're hearing it straight. Call upon the Lord. He, he will save you. If you're, you want to be saved, folks. So let's get down to the, this number seven. Uh, the teaching that new birth occurs at infant baptism. 94 catechism. Items 1250 and 1252. That's not how you are born again. The, the new birth. You know, they teach um, in item 1250 that a child is freed from the power of darkness and brought into the realm realm of, of the freedom of the children of God. Not so. Not so. I'm, I was dead in my sins and on the way to hell. I didn't even know it, folks. Trust me. Trust me. You know? And, uh, you know, shortly before I came to know the Lord, my wife got uh got saved and she'd be telling me you know and we were heavy duty into Mary worship Medjugorje these uh, apparitions of Medjugorje this is with uh, d during the time in the charismatic movement we, we met people uh, who went to Medjugorje uh, and uh, they, they're looking for miracles and we, we had them over a house and they were telling us stories they, their rosary beads the, 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 the chain that, that was holding the beads was silver. They said when they went there, it turned into gold. And we were like, oh, that's awesome. You know, we were deceived. They're de they were deceived and still might be deceived. We got saved, folks. Oh, glory to God. We got saved. We, automatically, we, we started telling them, listen, this ain't on a level. This ain't on a level. You know, but, but unfortunately, they wouldn't receive it. And we still love them. I still love them. But um, 
you know, that, that's the mercy of God, folks. That, it's the mercy of God. It's, it's a miracle to be born again of the Spirit. It's such a miracle. Such a miracle. You, don't do, you know, one thing when, when, you, when, you, when you're truly saved, uh, what you say to yourself, I don't deserve this. You, you know, I know, I'll speak for myself. I, I, I deserve nothing but hell. You know, in fact, I say, I can't even believe God waited for me. That, you know, when I tell you the Lord melted my heart because, you know, only each and every per, uh, person, including yourself, only you know what really goes on in there. And I said, man, the, the Lord could save even me. You see, that's mercy, folks. That's mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. Sometimes you'll see them holding up signs at sporting events. You'll see John 3.16. That's why they do it. They're hoping you uh, would look it up. I just read it to you. You can look it up for yourself. So uh, that's not how you're born again, folks. Um, in fact, you could look at John... Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Uh, I'll just read a portion of that uh, where it says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth wishes, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. You know, you have a fleshly birth. That's your physical birth. And it's a spiritual birth. That's what it means to be born again, folks. Born again of the Spirit. I was born of the flesh, but I was not born in the Spirit until the year... 1989. Do you see that? So it's sometimes referred to as the new birth, the spiritual birth. And, um, you know, I, I just, I didn't intend to do this, but I'm going to do it. You know, I have my Bible here, um, and inside the uh, the front cover, there's something I put there, I think uh, probably over 20 years ago, folks. And, and uh, actually, uh, there was a, a ministry... Uh, I think the guy's name was Levin, Paul Levin and his wife. They used to uh, mail out tracts. One of the tracts had to do with the new birth. And I used to subscribe, uh, I guess, to the newsletter. And um, it's been so long ago. And uh, I would read the newsletters and the letters that were written into them. You know, once people got a tract and uh, what happened, you know, sometimes people would get saved and tell the story. And there was one letter that I remember... It was written uh, from a person from the West Indies, and I never forgot it. And I, I, uh, I cut it out and taped it to the inside of my Bible, and and uh, I'm going to read it to you right now, folks. Keep in mind, this is a letter that was written to a ministry. I think the man used to play the um, the mandolin, if I'm correct. Uh, nice ministry. Listen to this letter. I'm going to read it right now. Several years ago, my oldest brother was shot and killed at the age of 27 while in America. After the funeral, I began to read his diary, and the last thing that was written in it was an encounter he had with a woman who sat next to him while riding the subway. He wrote, 
where she gave him a tract on salvation, which he read and responded to and pinned it to the page. When he got off the subway, he was mugged and killed. Up to years later, we had no idea what this meant, as none of our family knew what it meant to be born again. Now my mother and sister and myself have come to know the Lord Jesus as our Savior. I thank you for giving my brother and countless others a chance for eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that was written uh, from a person from the West Indies, folks, you know, that is that blew me away. You know, I, I've done subway evangelism, folks, and let me tell you what happened there. Uh, I can almost guarantee you that the lady who gave that man uh, a tract on salvation probably had no idea what happened to him after he got off the train, the subway. But uh, uh, the point I want to make here is the importance of salvation, the importance of your soul, the importance even to the Christian to tell others about Christ. Do you see that? Now, now this is so amazing to me because here this man received a tract. He read it and responded to it. Obviously, he probably did sometimes a thing that says, yes, I accept the Lord as Savior. I want to you want to talk about divine appointments, folks? Uh, uh, that, uh, the mercy of God? The mercy of God that, that a lady uh, handing out tracts on a subway. You know, sometimes people think of stuff like this as, as a menial type of thing. Let me tell you something, folks. God always honors his word. Glory to God. Whenever the word is spoken, whether it's in written form or spoken by a street preacher, God always honors his word. I remember there used to be a young lady up on Leffitt's Boulevard in uh, Liberty Avenue in Queens, and, and she'd be standing there with an old beat-up red Bible, just standing there, holding the, the beat-up Bible in, in, in her left hand and uh, handing out tracts in, in her right hand. I, I loved it, you know. And I, I always like to encourage uh, uh, others that, that do that. And, and I just stood there. Well, I wouldn't interrupt her. I'd wait till she took a breath. And when she took a breath, I just looked at her. I said, glory to God, sister. Let me tell you something. Her face was like a mega light bulb. I, I'll never forget it. Like a mega light bulb, uh, folks. The spirit of God was all over her. And But what, the point I make is this. All she did was read the scriptures. All she did was read the word of God. And it would pierce through my heart. I'd say, Lord, have mercy. It encouraged me because I said, what power, what power in the word of God. Titus 3 and 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Uh, There's another scripture. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit. That God was in Christ reconciled the world, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses 
unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you get one thing from this, folks, if you're a Christian, you're a, you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. In fact, let me get, let me say this: the moment you're born again, folks, you're an ambassador for Christ. Yeah, I'm not saying you have a lot of knowledge, but you're an ambassador for Christ. You you can testify of what the Lord has done for your soul, and and folks, it comes automatic. It comes automatic. Uh, glory to God. Uh, in fact, you know, I was just talking about this with my wife yesterday. There was a guy, in fact, his name was Jimmy Lilly, and he was doing an evangelism course. At one, at one point, I heard a tape. In fact, there were, the quality of the tape was not good, but, you get, but the main thing is the message was good. And he was telling the people, he says, you shouldn't even be here. In other words, once you're saved and you're born again, it's, it's like the Spirit of God will, will compel you. You see, so that that was the point he was trying to make. He says, you should be telling others already, I don't need to tell you. So that's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes. Uh, as I get ready to close, keep in mind, folks, the, 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 the message here, it's about the seven false teachings of the Roman Catholic cult. And I know that will probably insult people, but uh, hear me today, I love your soul. Um, Keith Green, he was a Christian musician, evangelist. And um, he wrote a series of articles called uh, The Catholic Chronicles many years ago, early 80s. He, he was killed, uh, in fact, he was killed, I think, shortly thereafter in a, a small plane crash. And uh, what the Catholic Chronicles were, it was an expose of the Roman Catholic system. And he spoke boldly. Uh, in fact, many of the things I shared today, uh, especially on the uh, Roman Catholic Mass, he spoke out. Against and, and this is just a portion of what Keith said. Uh, I'll quote it to you. Mouths that used to speak out boldly against the Church of Rome have been quieted by the times. It no longer is in vogue to speak of the Pope as the Antichrist. Now Protestants unwittingly believe that our differences are not so great. Ah, that is just what she needs us to think. I've never completely understood why God led me to write these articles, but it becomes more clear with each day of study and each page of research, never has something so black and wicked gotten away with appearing so holy and mysteriously beautiful for so long. Obviously, he was talking about the Catholic system. That was Keith Green from the Catholic Chronicles, another man of God, a well-known man of God, Leonard Ravenhill, Christian evangelist, used to be a street preacher in England. I heard when he preached on the streets, he would bring traffic to a stop. Powerful man of God. Listen to what he said. Evangelists today are wide-eyed to the might of communism, but tight-lipped at the menace of Romanism. America would shake from coast to coast in 24 hours if some preacher anointed with the Holy Ghost gave the Roman Catholic Church a broadside. We stir national interest against the cruel, half-civilized Mau Mau, wicked enough, but powwow with and pander to the Roman Catholic Church. These priests 
who don't mend souls, these idolatrous masses, these Calvary eclipsing prayers to Mary, these miserable millions cheated in life and in death by the greatest forgery Lucifer ever made. And that's from the book Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill Bethany House Publishes, originally uh, published back in 1959. So I want you to see, folks, as I close here, that the call for Christian unity is nothing but a sham. We cannot have unity with a system that preaches a counterfeit gospel. The Lord will never call you to join in unity with a false gospel. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that, folks. And, and let me close with this scripture here from the book of Acts. This is spoken by the Jewish apostle Paul. Keep in mind, the man was a tyrant, persecutor, and murderer of Christians. The Lord saved him. This man knew what it was like to live in deception, but this man also knew what the mercy and grace of God was all about. He tasted, he saw that the Lord is good. And that's what I want you to see today, folks. God is good. But here he shouts a warning. Listen carefully. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That's Acts chapter 20, verses 25 to 31. It was a man of God, ladies and gentlemen, a true watchman. You know, we're living in a day uh, where there are many, thousands of, of, of men and women who proclaim to be watchmen, the bogus watchmen. This was a true watchman. He didn't hold back the truth. And that's why he could say he's pure from the blood of all men because he told it like it was. He didn't sugarcoat it, didn't water it down, okay? Didn't soft soap the gospel, he told the truth. Severely persecuted for doing that, ladies and gentlemen. And we're living in a day when, when, when we need to shout the warnings, folks. We need to shout the warning. And I'm shouting the warning to you today regarding the system of Roman Catholicism a system that the Lord Jesus Christ delivered me from. And I'm here to tell you, you can be saved by calling upon the Lord. That's what I, I want to get that uh, across to you today, folks. You don't have to uh, be bound in tradition of men. You can go straight to the Lord no matter where you are. You may be listening to this message uh, in your car, in your home, in your living room, wherever, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, if you don't know the Lord, I encourage you 
Uh, he will save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're a Christian, I've given you some light. Perhaps you didn't understand these things, and I absolutely understand them. Obviously, I'm speaking as a former Catholic, so uh, for a lot of people, I really wouldn't uh, have any desire even to search maybe what they believe. But you heard it here today from, from a person who came out of that system uh, of idolatry, uh, a Mary prayer, doing all of these traditional things, but I was walking in darkness. I was wa walking on the way to hell, folks. I, I did not know the Lord. When I was born again of the Spirit, the light went on, <laughs> on the inside. The truth set me free. I could say the same for my wife, Kathy. Glory to God. God is a merciful God. And I'm going to end it right there, folks. Pass this message on to others. Be blessed.